Welcome to episode 34 of the Thodcast. Thank you for joining us. The Thodcast conversations about animation. I'm your host, Philip Elke, and today I'm joined from Minnesota by my co-host, Hannah Lee Smart. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. I'm doing great and so ready to be back on the Thodcast. Thanks for having me, Philip. Happy Independence Day if you're listening in the United States. Um, happy uh, Stranger Things season three for everyone else. Um, I, I Maybe that isn't releasing worldwide on the fourth too, but I, I know that comes out today, the day that this episode releases, July 4th, uh, 2019. And today we're not actually reviewing a movie, Hannah. We're just gonna be talking about some news updates uh, mainly Frozen 2 news, but there's also some other big things shaking around out there in the world of uh, animation, Disney, princesses, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, so all that coming up and more. Uh, Hannah, what, what do you think of the new um, Little Mermaid announcement? Okay, so Ariel is my favorite princess, and so I am very, very both excited and a little shocked by their casting choices, as I think everyone is, but I honestly, honestly love it. And I remember just in comparison, not because of anything, just because, um, when they did Cinderella with like the Brandy Cinderella, I thought they did a really great job in that film with like colorblind casting. So I think it's very interesting and I'm very ready to have that be something that the world sees more of. We actually talked about this in one of our acting classes um, during college when I, I was a theater major. For those of you that don't know, I'm sure nobody does because I'm not like famous or anything. <laughs> so nobody mm-hmm. knows who I am. Anyways, um, colorblind casting is something that I think is really important and really um, an integral part of the theater community. And young children are already obsessed with Ariel. I've loved Ariel my whole life. She's definitely my favorite princess, hands down, because who wouldn't love a mermaid that's like a double princess land and sea? Um, but I've always loved that movie, and I really hope that they bring more elements into this, and I'm really interested in their casting choices, and I think that they're so far so good to me, and I think that everyone should be open-minded because The Little Mermaid is a fable, and popularly misconstrued to think that Disney came up with The Little Mermaid, but actually it's not really Disney's at all. It was borrowed, as most of their stories are. And I think that it's, I'm ready for it. And I think it's really, really great. And I'm really excited. And when I heard the news today, I was just ecstatic. I thought it was wonderful and that she has a great voice and it'll be an interesting film and it'll be a great acting opportunity. Yes, uh, singer-actress Hallie Bailey part of the R&B duo, Chloe and Hallie. I don't know anything about them, but um, she definitely looks the part. Uh, of course, she sort of differs from the you know, original Disney conception of Ariel, where Ariel's definitely Caucasian with bright red hair. Um, let's see, hey, Hallie Bailey is African-American, I believe. So um, I, I'm guessing- That be the biggest issue in this is kind of like, oh, all right. Not a big deal, so. Well, I mean, is she going to have the red hair? I, I'm just hoping that we see some some cool hair, but um, if they could change that up too. I mean, I'm sure they'll make it work. <laughs> um, she posted an animation on her Instagram that I saw today, which was Ariel on the Rock. People can go look. I can okay. look at her handle later on. But she... um 
posted something and it didn't have red hair in that animation, her Instagram is Chloe, C-H-L-O-E, X, the letter, and then H-A-L-L-E. Oh, sure. So on that Instagram, they posted this picture, which is, um, here, I'll show mm-hmm. it to you. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's definitely just a, you know, a black aerial. Yeah. With, with, with black, hair. black hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think her African-American heritage um, won't really play into this. And I really hope that Disney doesn't really choose to focus on it because as audience members, we are focusing on it because it's different to us, which is okay to mention. But I think a lot of people are a little more offended than I think is necessary because necessary. Yeah. But red hair to me would be really fun because that's so iconic. And I'm more concerned about the hair, I think. Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm fine whatever way they go because I I don't have a whole lot of attachment to these live action remakes. I'm fine with them kind of putting whatever spin uh, they want because you know we'll always have the original animated versions um, and I I like to see them kind of do new things with these rather than just make them into a bit of a rehash. Uh, you know I'll, these animated stories are you know, already, yeah, derivative of popular tales and folklore or other works. Um, So why not, you know, go more to the original source material, kind of like what you were saying, rather than just pilfer from, you know, the the Disney versions. Of course, I imagine this live-action Little Mermaid will stick closer to the Disney Little Mermaid than, like, the original... Uh, Hans Christian Andersen uh, novel uh, so uh, but yeah with uh, with a little bit of uh, different twist um, in that the the casting is definitely meant to uh, <laughs> to be uh, note noteworthy in the casting of a, a new African-American princess uh, and that's pretty right. great um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned the Brandy Cinderella from the, I believe, the late '90s. Um, that was uh, made for TV, uh, Disney um, Cinderella adaptation. Um, so, what wasn't that like based on the Rogers and Hammerstein version? Right, Cinderella? but it was okay. like produced. But it was like before live action was even a term. I think mm-hmm. and. I know because I asked my grandma and my mom about it when this happened. I just happened to see them today when the stuff came out. And I was like, wow. And my mom remembered people saying, well, why doesn't she look like the cartoon? And I feel like when someone has a conception of what something's going to look like, they're going to be questioning it. But honestly, Lindsay Lohan, you're not going to get the part. (laughs) I know that was a big thing on Twitter. And I think, so far so good for me with Disney. So I really trust them with this and I think that colorblind casting is the way to go and it's a great opportunity for actors to kind of expand their horizons. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I think it'll be good. Right. Well, the live action Little Mermaid comes out when? Uh, 2020? Director, directed by Rob Marshall. Um, so it's... Uh, Little Mermaid, I'm trying to find it here. Mermaid, um, man, do they even have? It's pretty hush hush, I think. Yeah. There's lots of like, rumored casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Melissa McCarthy news just came okay. out. 
saying that. So I think um, it's a little hush hush, but I mean, mm-hmm. they know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no confirmation yet on release date. So yeah. um, stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, we, and we were here to talk about Frozen news, the Thodcast, uh, largely inspired by uh, our love of Frozen among. Uh, uh, you know, all other works of animation, especially Disney animation. Um, and we kind of wanted to have a little roundtable discussion on this show uh, based around some of the new developments. Um, so uh, I think we might just get into some of those. We were hoping to have Jody join us, but she was unavailable at the moment. Um, she could perhaps drop in <laughs> later on in the show. Um, but for now... We are happy to have you here with us, Hannah, uh, to share your insight because you didn't join us uh, for, well, you haven't actually been on any of our Frozen updates. Uh, So this will be a little Frozen corner featuring Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, we're obsessed. Frozen for me is is like therapy and uh, deals with a lot of the same subjects surrounding fear and anxiety and, uh, I don't know, overcoming internal obstacles in one's life uh, <laughs> metaphor you know with a with a magical metaphor we have always feared Elsa's powers were too much for this world now we must hope they are enough I won't let anything happen to her. Uh, We find out in the new Frozen, they are introducing uh, more elements to the magic system. And uh, it's not just going to feature ice magic, but also uh, fire magic, uh, earth magic, and and air. So basically the, the four elements of antiquity the four primal, I don't know, uh, sources of power, uh, water, earth, fire, and air. Very familiar to people who are fans of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Uh, Those will play a role in this new film. So uh, first off, Hannah, I want to get your perspective on on the new trailer that came out for Frozen 2 and uh, curious if you are familiar with um, with Avatar, The Last Airbender or anything of that nature. So I am probably, and don't hate me podcasters, probably the only person on earth <laughs> that fell asleep the first time I watched Avatar and I never rewatched it. <laughs> so is this the James Cameron Avatar that you're talking <laughs> yeah. about? Okay. That's oh. A- Oh, you're yeah. talking about like the show with like the, the okay, that makes a lot more sense. Animation. I was like, what are you talking about, Philip? I don't get it. They're not blue. So animation. Like, yeah. <laughs> so Avatar, like the show <laughs> that my brothers made me watch. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get the Nickelodeon it. show. I mean, fans <laughs> of animation. Uh, you know, yeah. are familiar with the show as being one of the better <laughs> produced. <laughs> I mean. Oh my god. Yeah. So you've seen Avatar: The Last Airbender on Nickelodeon. It did get yeah, a movie I have adaptation. A brother and a younger brother, mm-hmm. so I've seen all of the quote-unquote boy shows. Nothing. I was more of like, um, I loved all of you know 
Powerpuff Girls was probably the most action show that I watched. Otherwise, I was all about Rugrats, those kind of things. But um, so Avatar The Last Airbender, I'm glad that the animation is not that of Avatar mm. The Last Airbender because I don't, uh, I wasn't quite interested in that type of animation. But it was fun to watch. And I mean, it was my childhood essentially was watching, you know, fighting over the remote it's a subject we'll definitely cover more on the show uh, my brother and i are huge fans of the series as well as its follow-up <laughs> the legend of Korra. we even did cosplay for the legend of Korra. Um, yeah um a an epic series that has its own fantasy elements and its you know magic system and intriguing world it told in a linear style of course the first uh, series avatar the last airbender um you know ran for three seasons and wrapped up in a nice arc at the end much like say like you know the star wars trilogy or lord of the rings trilogy it definitely had a very delineated three-part structure um and it looks like it's going to be getting a live action series adaptation coming on netflix that the original creators are involved in um more on that, but the reason we're bringing that up here is because um, it was revealed at ANSI Animation Festival in France, uh, ANSI France. Uh, it's kind of an odd, it, it doesn't sound right when I say it that way, ANSI, like, uh, <laughs> like you're jittery. Um, but I, I, apparent ANSI, maybe that's a bit more uh, you know, hmm. formal sounding. We'll have to, we'll have to find out. If but, you're I researched the pronunciation before recording, and it's it's something like that. An auntie, auntie. French, follow the thought <laughs> Yeah, any attempt I make to pronounce anything French, I'm sure it would be, you know, denounced as utterly. They find out you aren't French. <laughs> they would find out I'm not French. Um, but yeah, that so Disney animation always has a presence at this festival that's held every year. Um, they featured a, a bunch of their short um, kind of experimental films. It's, it's more of an experimental type uh, film festival, not, not totally mainstream. Although they did uh, showcase some new footage from Frozen 2 at ANSI. And uh, that gives us quite a bit more information on uh, you know, what to expect from the film. Uh, in addition to the the, tra the recent trailer that was released in mid-June. Um, so on June 14th, uh, Becky Breezy, the head of animation for Frozen 2, um, as well as uh, Marlon West, the head of effects, presented scenes from Frozen 2, including um, explaining the film's opening, uh, in which wasn't shown, but they say that the king, um, King Agnar, as he's uh, named on online, that's not, I don't know if that's his official name or not, King Agnar. If you read some of the runes that you can see in, in the film, um, that's how they translate, whether that's the, the name they'll go with in the sequel is up in the air. But... Um, we find out he regales the girls with lavish bedtime story from his youth when the young prince himself visited an enchanted elemental forest before something went horribly wrong and he was quickly brought back to Arendelle. 
since then, there has been a disconnect between the people of the town and the elements, air, fire, water, and earth. Um, so, yeah, what do you think of that, Hannah? So, I have two thoughts that I'm ready to share. First of all, I am so glad that we're finally getting to know the parents because last time, all he did was lock her in a room, tell her not to come out, tell her to control her powers, which like, come on, daddy, make it up. Oh, <laughs> like, help her, help her figure it out. Don't just tell her, oh, wear these gloves, like, you're good. But I'm glad that we're getting to see the parents before the, you know, they, they die halfway through in a shipwreck or whatever you believe, they're Tarzan's parents. That's another podcast, another day. But um, so I'm glad that we got to see the parents, long story short there. And then with the air, fire, water, earth thing, I am honestly shocked. I would have never thought that that was going to be. And I feel like through these, um, through these, clips and through these different trailers we've learned more and more and I love that they were sharing nothing and now it seems like they're sharing more and you know the movie doesn't come out for a long time so I'm sure they're going to share enough with us even though they know everyone's going to see it far before then so now they're just building on they said nothing and now there's a story and there's more elements literally introduced so I'm excited about it and I think the air fire water and earth thing only confuses me because now everyone's talking about Anna having powers and why wasn't this ever a subject? So I feel like kind of like Disney's coming out of the field, like whatever that sports term is. And I don't understand that part, but I think it's there. interesting. And I also think that the town being so fearful of it might be kind of similar to a What's like the moonshine era where like nobody liked alcohol and then people are still doing it? The prohibition. <laughs> That's it. And this, you got cut off a little bit during the sports analogy. Oh. Um, we say they were punting on that, or I just feel or, like they were like out of left field. Oh, like, out of left field. Why did they do that? Yeah, mm. but anyways, yeah. So Arendelle, to me, Arendelle mm. was in like the prohibition era, right? And I'm so confused. And then Elsa freezes it all, and now everyone's skipping across water with their ice powers. <laughs> it, like magical prohibition. Yeah, it's yeah. like you can't use magic. You can use magic. What's going on? Let's figure it out. Yeah. Oh, this girl has ice powers. We're doomed. She's a monster. She's not a monster. So. so and you know as listeners may know I've, i'm very obsessed with frozen and i <laughs> project a lot onto it more so than i think a lot of people who are kind of confused by some of the plot elements that establish you know elsa and her isolation her relationship to her parents and so forth um the magic as far as like <laughs> the acceptance by the broader populace of magic seems to you know mirror like what was the perception of the time of like the you know classical era um victor pre-victorian era of like people just being very superstitious magic being and witchcraft being super taboo right. so so it makes sense that um they would want to hide something like that away um, if if we're simply going by the existing historical context. Um, you know, in the world of Frozen, things could be different. People could be more accepting of, 
magic. I mean, it takes place in Scandinavia where people are more ex- accepting of everything. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're good Scandinavian folk. They're not going to judge you too harshly if you come out, you know, displaying these, you know, crazy paranormal abilities. Uh, although, you know, word could get around and maybe other kingdoms might not take so too kindly to this notion of a witch running a country. And so they might, you know, <laughs> stage an invasion or something along those lines. So I, I was very intrigued by that concept of, you know, maybe this isn't such a great thing politically for the nation of Arendelle <laughs> to have, you know, a member of the royal family being so, you know, powerful in the practice of magic. Um, but maybe magic, well, yeah, it's hard to say how accepting or understanding of magic people are i'm guessing that there is sort of a taboo surrounding it because you know this article explains um the there is a disconnect between the people and the elements um so how do you what do you think about that i think it's um i think it's interesting and i'm curious to learn more as to what what was it like? What was the big thing that happened that made him have to come back? And does the dad have magical powers that all mm. get to learn about? And is he like well, yeah. in the water? That's what I'm thinking, Harry Potter style. With what's it called? Their um Patronus, the Patronum. Oh yes. Their Jonas brother. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's that horse spirit that looks like a Patronus in the trailer. Yeah. It's actually That's called. That's the first thing I thought about. I was like, "Oh my mm-hmm. God, it's Sirius Black." Yeah, it's who? Dad. I don't know if any of the characters in the books have horse Patronuses, but I'm sure there is someone <laughs> out there. Um, the it's called a neck, and it's a water spirit uh, that usually takes the form of a horse. Um, there's indication in the trailer that you know this water spirit is just part of a group of spirits that come to um sort of haunt elsa or i guess come alongside elsa yeah that was like a little much for me i was like these kids watching this movie are going to be delirious i i mean it doesn't seem like there'll be a lot of human threat to deal with in this film, but I'm down for some crazy supernatural forces. And it's so um, not Disney. It's so <laughs> interesting to me. I'm like, what is going on? But I'm obsessed with it. Oh, uh, well. So I, do you think it has anything to do with, I don't know if you know this, but um, if you listen to like the recording of like Robert Lopez explaining the extended soundtrack of Frozen as music person obviously I bought it like the day it came out I was like oh my gosh Kristoff Beck oh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm very familiar with these yeah, extended, so they yeah. talk about the prophecy that was going to be in the first movie but then they didn't have mm. like the prophecy little spring program thing which I'm wondering if that was in the first movie would they have been able to do this in this direction or is the prophecy, because the prophecy was that someone will come out and freeze Arendelle, which is exactly what Elsa did, that there will be like this monster. 
um, little plug to the Broadway show. But I think um, it's so interesting to me that if the prophecy was never in the first one, are they going to bring it up in the second one? And is this horse part of the prophecy or is the prophecy something that happened and that's why they're coming back because he knew he had powers and then Elsa had powers? Hmm. I thought she was prophecy. Well, I'm not a big fan of the idea of the prophecy. And yeah, I'm kind of glad that they they got rid of it. But um, I also think that there is a chance that that could play a role. And like I became a fan of the prophecy idea when I read about this uh, event in European history called the year without summer, uh, which which took place in, I believe, 1816. Um, It was just an unseasonably cold year. It's referenced in the movie Arthur Christmas, um, but like it came as a result of a volcanic eruption that, you know, produced a a year where there was you know in extreme famine throughout Europe, um, and you know so say this event were prophesied and that at the end of it, you know, a, a child would be born with magical powers over ice and you know would become queen i thought that would be a cool idea for a prophecy because it could tie in some actual like real world events um but it would be very specific to ice and we know now that it's not just you know ice powers that we're dealing with but also you know air uh water and earth and fire (laughs) i guess ice and water sort of uh, go hand in hand um yeah, so, it, I mean, do you think, Canada, that Elsa can control all four elements? You know, I'm kind of hoping that she meets people that are the other elements and it almost, like, makes her whole because I feel like she's never belonged. But if she does have all of the elements and she doesn't know about it yet, that's why I'm so confused because she could never control her ice powers and she was embarrassed of them. So wouldn't she have experienced these other powers unless she hasn't be? come them yet i guess i don't know i don't really know how i feel about it but i don't think that she has them that's my speculation is that there's other people and she's going to meet the the fire guy the human torch if you will. yeah i mean maybe there's just something really innate about ice and and not even water like we never see her manipulate water itself right uh, so Huh, that's interesting. Like she is the like fifth unexplored element or something. Well, maybe because she's always approached her powers kind of from like a, a fear perspective. Maybe ice is like one of the easier things to master because all you need is to like really, I don't know, clench your <laughs> potential. So, yeah. so because think about when she melted the ice. It was mm-hmm. the act of true love. She learned to melt the ice. Mm-hmm. So she does things besides melt the ice. Wow, you're a genius. <laughs> yeah, so so perhaps ice itself. Because, oh. yeah, whenever we're afraid, like, we feel, you know, our spines, you know, uh, tingle. Oh, and, like, you're the, changing my life right now. You know, there's a cold, yeah, <laughs> sensation that we feel when we're afraid. So... You know, and, and of course, Arendelle is in a northerly climate, so uh, ice oh, would be gosh. kind of a natural um, <laughs> occurrence. Also, we're going to go to Bora Bora to look for 
and like become the fire in the earth. <laughs> oh, sorry. But I don't know. I, I feel like if Elsa, because I don't personally like the idea of Elsa being a master of more than just ice or water. Um, it just seems a little too OP <laughs> to, to borrow a term from, you know, from tabletop role playing. Um, but like it, it could be that she's required to master the four elements in order to fight off this you know, supernatural force. It could be explained that these runic characters, uh, characters as in like letters, symbols um, that show up during, I, I believe it looks like a musical number. They start to appear all around the kingdom um, just in midair and they, you know, they contain these symbols that represent the four elements. Um, and when that event occurs, maybe that's when Elsa is like given um, power over other elements um, because um, this ties into the clips that they showed at Ansi. Um, the first of which is a scene where uh, Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, and Olaf uh, and Sven are engaged in a less than fair game of charades. Um, <laughs> Anna starts and successfully play acts the word villain. Quickly guessed by the other players. Olaf uh, heads to the front and declares the next round as boys versus girls before deftly transforming himself into a series of instantly recognizable forms, each guest, <laughs> <laughs> each yeah. guest almost immediately by Kristoff and prompting Anna to accuse the two of cheating. So I guess he does multiple uh, charades in succession. <laughs> that doesn't seem like, I don't, I don't like charades personally. <laughs> um, party games aren't, aren't my forte. Um, yeah, when you do charades, I'm pretty sure you just get your one, your one pick of the litter, and then you uh, move on. It's the next Olaf's, <laughs> Olaf's trying to change the rules on the fly. Um, but, okay, so Elsa eventually has her turn, um, but she's distracted by a haunting voice that only she can hear and excuses herself to her room to be alone. And the scene ends there. So this voice she starts to hear could be the beginning of her discovering new powers, perhaps, or at least discovering the need to journey to this, you know, mysterious land where her powers originated. Yeah, I think it's really, really interesting that she might have also like, like her powers didn't just like she she wasn't just didn't just have them, I feel like, is like a thing. That is, that's one thing I wouldn't have minded if it were simply left unexplained as to how she received her powers. I, do you agree? I kind of don't want to know. Yeah. I I'm, just want her to exist and have them. And I think she is such, kind of what you were saying earlier, she's such a relatable character in that, like, she has all these inner demons and the ice kind of is her outward way of showing her you know, inner fears and struggles. And like, that's a lot of why people like her because they do think that she has all these different stresses and forms and all these things. And I kind of don't want her to have to explain herself. And I don't want 
them to feel like she needs to be explained. I want her to be able to live her life. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're going in that direction, but they could still leave plenty of mystery surrounding her yeah. abilities. I love the unknown. Mm-hmm. Because then you can also read uh, fanfics on the internet, which are <laughs> a fun uh, past tense, present tense of mine, or whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're doing their supernatural thriller this time around, but maybe next time it'll all be more focused on, like, you know, battling other kingdoms that see her as a threat and she can go all badass, you know, just not they have to explain herself. In Frozen 5. <laughs> What's that? They can tell me about her powers in Frozen 5. <laughs> well, and I'll say, okay, I'm ready now. But Frozen 2, I'm not ready yet. Yeah, it looks like we won't have much of a choice. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you said that you're, you're pretty um, excited. So it must not be all, uh, you know, can't be all bad. I mean, I just love Elsa. Mm-hmm. And my kids love Elsa, and I just, I'm ready for her to succeed again. <laughs> I'm ready to learn all about her uh, ice and her diamonds and her air and her fire, or whoever's air and fire. The second clip that they show is a longer cut of one that is shown in the trailer. In it, Elsa runs headlong into the dark and ominous water and, uh, and the crashing waves. This clip shows an intense and graphically satisfying magical battle between Elsa and a horse-shaped water spirit on the spirit's home turf. Um, all this via variety. Um, <laughs> but um, so uh, I guess we're getting a more fleshed out battle scene during this moment. Uh, and that sounds really exciting, but yeah, not a lot of plot in this clip. Yeah, and honestly, I don't really, I know we touched on the whole, um, the horse in the water and what is it kind of a thing, but I don't know if it's like, maybe if she's learning to control it because she can't control, like her powers, did she create the horse on accident? Like she created Olaf so many times before she discovered how to control her powers? I don't think, yeah, that's meant to be, um you know a question whether she created the horse i because the horse spirits are something from norse folklore and they're um often described as luring people to their watery demise <laughs> so it seems like that might be you know what else is discovering here where this this horse is like trying to kill her for some reason uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um I, I you know clearly doesn't um but yeah why is it a threat I, this goes back to you know the disconnect between the people and the elements and the i think the overall theme of this film um is going to be you know drum roll <laughs> environmentalism right huh about that Mm-hmm. I think like, this is how so like you mean like they're trying to teach people all the things that the environment gives us yeah magic comes from nature 
uh, spirits exist in nature and people's abandonment of their roots in nature have led to these spirits growing hostile leading to things like the necks that um, attempt to drown people, you know, these horse spirits uh, and maybe some of these haunting voices that, um, you know, cause confusion for Elsa. Um, some of these other elemental effects that we see throughout the trailer, like the fire going out of control, uh, threatening people, uh, these giant rock monsters. Um, yeah, all these different things. Uh, that appear to be a, a threatening presence in the film stem from the fact that humanity has lost its touch with nature. Yeah, and also, I know that there was the um, the stones, but I'm thinking, as far as the first movie was concerned, you know, like Kristoff's trolls, like we know that they're a thing. Mm-hmm. Do they have the elements or are they just the knowledge of the elements? I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of them in this. They reference these crystals in the first film. One of the child uh, trolls is like, I just earned my fire. You know what I mean? <laughs> I started uh, singing like the baby in, um, <laughs> in the first one. I was just being. Oh, like, and I don't see no ring. I don't see no ring. Like that one. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm always singing on the podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, so they have these glowing crystals that they wear. Uh, one of them talks about earning uh, her fire crystal. And I'm mm -hmm. guessing that's just one of the several types of, you know, crystals that they uh, collect, like merit badges. <laughs> Girl Scout style. Mm -hmm. Patches. Yeah, the, the trolls will be... A, a pretty big factor in at least um, giving us an understanding of what is at stake. And, you know, the, the trolls weren't the most popular aspect of the first film, but uh, I'm totally okay with them being a significant part of, of this film if that's what the plot demands. I know that the that battle sequence that they showed was probably meant to showcase a lot of the effects that were developed for this film. Um, got a lot of really sophisticated uh, cinematography going on in this in these trailers, and um, and um, I guess physics effects, uh, particle effects. These you know the water that we see, the um, the beach, and all of its detail. Um, so, I don't know, any thoughts on, on the animation and, and visual effects seen in these trailers? Um, I said it last time that I touched on it. It was before one of our other episodes. Um, I was interested in, like, how dark it was, I felt, compared mm -hmm. to the first movie. It just had a different ambiance. And I'm obsessed with their outfits. Their <laughs> outfits are amazing i'm so ready for the purple dress um yeah i think the animation is great it's not really my expertise if i have to mention it but i think it's very 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 interesting and it's very honestly like there's lots of 
things that are within other things. So I know that makes no sense to anybody mm. that's not in my brain, but the like smoky atmosphere. Mm. I always think it's interesting when animation has so many layers mm. that if you like try to look through it, you can't figure out where one thing stops and then another thing starts because it's so intertwined. And I am so amazed by the technology that these animators have every day. I know we touched on it with Toy Story, how far animation has come, but Frozen just blows me out of the water every time. The first one and this one. I'm just always like, wow. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, <laughs> as I've said before on this show, <laughs> if the plot and story notwithstanding, I'm just gonna be blown away by this film on pure visuals alone. <laughs> so I've, you know, you couldn't hope for like a better result than that. Because, um, you know, I have definitely had a lot of doubts going into this, you know, the, the take of, you know, I don't know, a Disney sequel, will they come up with something that lives up to the original? However, they took plenty of time i mean it'll have been six years since the original frozen so clearly they didn't rush things <laughs> i feel like my niece is still watching it on repeat yeah so i think we're gonna see something similar to what we did with toy story 4 where i mean i i've been wanting a sequel to frozen from you know day one <laughs> before the first one comes out Phil's like hey disney when's the next one <laughs> from uh uh, December 22nd, 2013, the day I saw Frozen, I, I've ever since then I have wanted a sequel. Um, but it didn't necessarily seem obvious that there would be a sequel. And none of the, none of the other princess films, fairy tales, you know, have had uh, theatrical sequels. Um, but it seemed natural. Little dreams come true. Or what is yeah. it called? Cinderella. And Cinderella had uh, two of them. Sorry to correct you. I'm just obsessed with The Little Mermaid 2. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> so I'm clearly so obsessed with Melody Life. Those were all direct-to-video and oh, yeah, and didn't. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. So as far I'm as... Curtis Phillip, obviously, <laughs> knowing different things that are I'm supposed to know for being on here. <laughs> no, no. Um, there's Those are definitely sequels, but... Um, there is like a, an official list of films produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios. And I think Frozen 2 will be the 58th. I, wow. think, I think Ralph Breaks the Internet was the 57th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but um, the only sequels that are in that group of, of 57 films uh, are Fantasia 2000, Rescuers Down Under, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Huh. So uh, Frozen 2 is a bit of an exception in terms of the history of Walt Disney Animation Studios. They, they don't typically do these full-scale full sequels. That um, is interesting. I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. But yes, they, they took their time. It'll have been six years. Uh, with Toy Story 4, it was nine years. But, you know, they took the amount of time they needed to ensure that they had a story that was worth telling. 
and uh, I, that that seems very reassuring. I mean, if they do more Frozen after this, I don't want you know direct to video style, and I don't <laughs> think they would do that. <laughs> um, but I don't want to have to wait another six years either. So it's a bit of a dilemma. Philip's uh, <laughs> and Mary's powers are like jingling. Like, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. We'll see. I'm, I've got faith. And we'll be getting plenty more Disney good, goodness and Pixar, of course, in the future to tide me over. Um, one uh, rumor rattling around regarding the future of Walt Disney Animation the, the rumor is that they are working on another feature that involves um, dragons. So what do you think about that? Hmm. That is, huh. Oh, wow. It's like, I don't know anything about dragons. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm excited for the ride that will come out of that movie. <laughs> um, I think Disney's just getting a little like darker. Hmm. They're getting a little more, Less, um, less life is the bubbles and more like we're going to do whatever we want because we're Disney, mm. which I love. I'm a little nervous about it because I'm a little bit of a daisy, but I think it's great. Mm. Well, plenty of levity, I'm sure, in, the, in these films. I mean, Frozen had just so many great jokes. Um, I'm sure that trend will continue even if there's some darker subject matter to go alongside it. Um, I wonder though, if the, this rumor I heard regarding dragons could also relate to Frozen, because I wouldn't mind seeing dragons in Frozen. As like some of the, that makes their world a lot more enchanted, I think, with all of these elements and then dragons on top of it versus the last movie where everyone was like coming by ship and they took 12 days to get to Arendelle. It's, yeah. it's a very different world, but I think they could make it work. I and mean, mm -hmm. if Disney tells you there's going to be a dragon in Arendelle, like, you'll just believe them. <laughs> you'll just say, okay, I believe you. I get it. It's part of the show. Maybe in the enchanted land. Yes. Well, at any rate, uh, I, th I think with these symbols that you see representing elemental powers, that could be what leads to perhaps other characters receiving powers or Elsa receiving more powers. Um, there's just a lot of strange stuff going on in Arendelle. So I think sky's the limit <laughs> for uh, what could come from that. Um, I, I don't think we'll see Anna and Elsa's parents other than in flashbacks and maybe as like magical conjurations within this, the mystical realm. Um, you know, that'd be kind of cool if we saw them as like force ghosts. Or the horse, which I'm still wondering, forever wondering, till November 22nd, I'll be wondering, is that her dad? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, November 22nd, um, I, there was an article that came out a while back from Cinema Blend, uh, see nine months ago regarding the writing of Frozen 2 and that uh, Kristen Bell herself made some contributions to the development of her character Anna in Frozen 2 
Um, she said she sat um, down with Jennifer Lee and uh, Jennifer Lee said to uh, Kristen Bell, you had a hand in creating this character. What do you think her next step would be? What's her next hurdle, her next epiphany? Uh, what do you go through that's similar to her? And uh, Kristen had a lot of things to say. You know, she didn't go into too much detail, uh, you know, so as to avoid <laughs> spoiling anything. Um, but I find this very encouraging that they're going to people, you know, who experience real life struggles, especially the people whose lives reflect most closely the characters of Anna and Elsa <laughs> for inspiration to determine, you know, the future of these characters. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Kristen says she'll be able to say more when the movie comes out, but there are a lot of very intimate moments for me in this movie that feel like they're from my real life. Songs specifically that were like, I just gave her a spiel about why this particular emotion or this particular hurdle in my life was so important and what it taught me. And she slid it seamlessly into the character. It's not just episode two of the show. It's something you need to see them go through because it affects the audience. And this just really makes me excited. I don't know about you. I think it's exciting. Kristen Bell's a lot older than Anna. No shade, no tea. She's <laughs> fine. She's great. Um, but I do think that she's a lot more mature than these characters. And I loved Anna's innocence. I think it's really interesting that we're going to get to see her grow so much. Um, I just hope she doesn't grow up too fast. That's a, that's a good point. Thanks so much, Hannah, for chatting about this. Um, I don't know, any other thoughts on Frozen 2? I'll let you have the floor. Sure. I think it's just exciting. It's a whole new world. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm ready for it to show us more. I'm sure there'll be more trailers that we can touch on later. I'm really excited to see all of the new news, and I'm so ready to experience Elsa and Anna in a whole new way. Yeah, I, I think we covered pretty much so. Yeah, elements, um, Kristen Bell, dragons. Um, there's a lot that we don't know, and I, you know, I know neither of us are too big of fans of the idea of Elsa learning more elements, but they could do it in a convincing way. Um, who, you know, no indication as to who this voice could be that Elsa's hearing. Uh, we are obsessing. <laughs> all the obsession over this and uh it's been very fun so thanks so much for listening to the thoughtcast conversations about animation uh hannah where can folks listening find you well thoughtcasters you can find me on instagram at hannah lee ever after and lee is spelled l-e-i-g-h so hannah lee ever after like fairy tales Wonderful. Uh, you can find me, Philip Elke, at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, visit Thodcast.com. Follow Thodcast on social media at Thodcast. And um, find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. And um, yeah, uh, happy Fourth of July. Warm hugs to all our Thodcasters. <laughs> I love that term. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Hannah. You all have a magical day and a wonderful week. Thanks for having me, Philip. Goodbye.